Hey, this is Cooper Smith. I'm one of the student worship pastors at Eastview, and I'm honored to welcome you to our Eastview Students High School podcast. We hope this is encouraging, inspiring, and helpful for you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen. So good to be with you guys uh, this morning. I want to start out, um, before we get rolling into everything, I want to do a little bit of a survey this morning. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys a scenario, and I want you to think to yourselves, think to yourselves, or maybe there's someone close to you that you can tell them who you would tell. I want you to think, which parent am I going to tell first? Okay, so this scenario happens, think in your head, am I telling mom or am I telling dad? Now, before we get started with this, I know in here, not everyone is coming from a two-parent household. I totally understand that, that, that there are stories in here that not everyone has that kind of story. And so I don't want you to think that you're any less important to this illustration, that you can't participate. So if, you're the, if that's the case for you in this room, that you're not this two-parent household, what I want you to think is like, who is someone that you would tell in your life? Maybe it's a friend, maybe it is that parent for you, maybe it's an aunt or uncle, anybody. I just want you to think in this situation, but for the sake of this survey, I'm going to ask whether you're going to tell mom first or whether you're going to tell dad first, okay? Now, I know a lot of these things that I'm going to say haven't happened to you, and I hope for some of them they don't happen, Um, But I just want you to imagine with me what you would do if you come across this situation. Sound good? Okay, first one. You've just totaled your brand new car your parents got you for your 16th birthday. Who are you telling first? Are you telling mom or are you telling dad? Okay. Some of you are staying quiet. I don't want to tell who I'm telling. Okay. Second one, you want to go and hang out with your friends on a Friday night, but you want to stay a little bit past curfew. Who are you telling? Are you telling your mom or are you telling your dad? Okay, here's one. This one I hope doesn't happen to you, but I know this is the case for some people, but not in here. Let's say you've just got suspended from school because you were caught vaping or smoking in the bathroom. Are you telling your mom, or are you telling your dad? Or maybe for some of you, you guys are in a different situation. You're telling a cool aunt or uncle. Okay, here's one. You've just decided you want to completely change your career path. You want to completely do something else. Are you telling your mom, you're telling your dad, telling an aunt and uncle, you're telling a friend? Here's a little bit of a different one. Your boyfriend or girlfriend has just broken up with you. Who are you talking to? Are you talking to your mom? Talking to your dad? Are you talking to a friend? Or you've just gotten into your dream college. Who are you telling? Telling a friend? Are you telling your mom? Are you telling your dad? Think about those things. Here's the question. Why do we naturally gravitate towards some people when we have news to share, whether it's really bad news or whether it's really good news? Why do we gravitate towards some people? It's because of the expected response, right? We're thinking about the response we're going to get with those situations. If we're in big trouble, you're thinking, which parent or which person is going to be the most chill? Who's going to be chill about this and not freak out? If you have this exciting news to share, which parent or which person is going to get the most excited about? 
that thing, right? Like if, you're, if you have big news to share, you're thinking, which person is going to just tackle me out of excitement, right? That's who you want to tell these things to. Now, I want you to think about the friends in your life and who comes to mind when I explain these qualities, okay? If you need a friend to talk to that is compassionate and understanding, which friend comes to mind right now? Which friend are you thinking about? Now, let me flip that a little bit on its head. Who's the friend, maybe, or person in your life that's not very compassionate, not very understanding, right? May shame you because of what you say, right? You may have those kind of people. Maybe that person is, you're like, yeah, I can think of that person in my life. Here's one. If you need a friend to talk to that is slow to anger, who are you talking to? Which friend is going to be slow to anger? Because I, I have to believe there are some people that you can think about. Who is that person that's really quick to anger, right? That you're just always afraid, like, if I say something wrong just for a split second, they're going to freak out, right? We don't want to necessarily talk to those people, right? The truth is, with those things, if you want to talk to a friend that's compassionate, that's understanding, that's forgiving, that's slow to anger, the truth is you've probably thought of one of those people. That close friend comes to mind. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a sibling. The truth is, we gravitate towards people who are those things. We gravitate to them because they're easy to talk to. Those are the people I want to bring my struggles with, I want to bring my excitement to, because you know what you're getting when you're going to tell them something. You know what kind of response to expect. You see, I don't want to talk to that person that gets upset about every little thing. I don't want to talk to that person. I also don't want to talk to that person and, and share something with them, and they're not going to understand, or they're not going to empathize with me, right? We talk to the parent. We feel comfortable with the friend that listens well and answers us graciously. Now, here's the truth. Those things that I shared, compassionate, understanding, slow to anger, forgiving, those are characteristics of who God says he is. In fact, God is the originator of those characteristics. If you're thinking of the perfect example of compassionate, of gracious, of forgiving, that is God. So here's my question. If we gravitate towards talking to those people, why in the world do we have such a hard time talking to God? Why are we so bad at prayer? If God is the person that we know when we come to is going to respond graciously, is going to be compassionate, is going to be forgiving, why isn't he the first person we talk to? That's what we're going to get into this morning as we continue in our everyday series. We come to this next example of worship, which is prayer. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Exodus chapter 34, because we're going to be diving into what prayer means and how we can become better prayers as high school students. But let me just say this. I would assume in this room that prayer is a struggle for most of us, if not all of us. All right? I can honestly say as your high school pastor, prayer can be a struggle for me. For some of us, it's a foreign concept. We have no idea what prayer is. Some of us have no idea how to pray. We've heard it, but I just don't know how. And that's okay, because this morning, we're going to look at the God that we get to pray to, and we're going to look at an example of what it looks like to talk to God, 
Okay, and hopefully this morning as we, as we wrap up this sermon, as we finish this up, you're going to leave here knowing what prayer means and maybe a better understanding of this God that you get to talk to every day, anytime. So, Exodus chapter 34, starting in verse 1. Then the Lord told Moses, chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones. I will write on them the same words that were on the tablets you smashed. Pause. Okay, God, this, this sounds really funny. It's like God is talking to like that small child that just broke something, okay? Because previous to this story, what's happening is that Moses has gotten the Ten Commandments from God. He's gotten the Ten Commandments. He's walking down the mountain to share this with the people of God. And what are the people of God doing? They've made this golden calf and they're worshiping this golden calf, right? So Moses, out of just sheer anger, throws the Ten Commandments down on the ground and smashes them, right? And, and this is crazy, right? The, remember, like, back when we were talking at the beginning of Exodus, right, all of these things that God has done. God has freed the people of Israel from years and years of slavery. God has led them through the Red Sea. God has caused all of these plagues to free them, Yet they get to this freedom, and they're now worshiping another thing. I think God has a right to be angry, and so does Moses, and so out of anger, he smashes them. And so I think it's just kind of funny, because God's like, yeah, remember those things you smashed? Let's do it again, okay? All right, verse 2. God says, be ready in the morning to climb up Mount Sinai and present yourself to me on the top of the mountain. No one else may come with you. In fact, no one is to even appear anywhere on the mountain. Do not even let the flocks or herds graze near the mountain. So Moses chiseled out two tablets of stone like the first ones. And early in the morning, he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him. And he called out his own name, Yahweh. And the Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger. And filled with unfailing love and faithfulness, I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. But I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. And when Moses hears this, Moses immediately threw himself to the ground and he worshiped. And he said, O Lord, if it is true that I have found favor with you, then please travel with us. Yes, this is a stubborn and rebellious people, but please forgive our iniquity and our sins. Claim us as your own special possession. I like to think that Moses was a lucky guy. I mean, he got to talk with God in person with God on this mountain. He was a lucky guy. And right before this, if you guys were to look at the beginning of the story, Moses does this cool thing where he, he asks God, God, can you just show me your presence? Can you just come near me in person? And God does this cool thing. He's like, okay, Moses, I'm going to hide you in the crevice of these rocks, and I'm going to walk by you, and you're going to see me. But what he does is he holds his hand up to the crevice and, and walks by him so that Moses can't see the glorious face of the Lord. But other than that, Moses is seeing God, literally God, walk by him. 
right? And, and you look at this and like, man, Moses, you are so lucky because all throughout Exodus, Moses has these conversations with God. Like he's talking to God and God is talking back to him. And he has all of these cool moments where God comes in this awesome presence, whether it's a cloud of smoke, whether it's in fire, whether it's the burning bush, right? God is talking with Moses. He even says in this story, hey, Moses, you come up to the mountain. I want to talk to you, but everyone else needs to stay down there. I just want to talk to you for a moment. And I think all of us in here, if this story is true, which I can give you a lot of reasons why Exodus, this story, is true. There's a lot of, lot of proof behind this, but if this story is true, I have to think a lot of us are just a little jealous. Because if you're in here in this room and you've been following Jesus for a while, you've been walking with the Lord, I think you'd be a little jealous and man, man I wish I could talk to God face to face. I wish I could actually have a conversation with Jesus. And for some of you in here that have your doubts, that you're like, "Uh, I'm not sure about this whole God thing. I don't know if this is real. It'd be really helpful if God was actually in front of you and you could talk to him, right? Man, I wish we had those moments, but here's the truth. Moses was a lucky guy. And it is true he got to have these close encounters with God. But that doesn't mean we can't. Now, Is it like this encounter with God that Moses has on the mountain right in front of him, God right there? It's possible. I'm not putting anything past God, but probably not. But here's the truth. Remember, the people of God, what God says here in this passage, right? He says, Moses, you come up to the mountain, but no one else come with you. You see, how it worked in the Old Testament is God told the people, hey, you guys stay down near the mountain, and I'm going to communicate to you through Moses, Moses is going to be the one. So imagine this. The people of God never got to talk face-to-face with, face face with God. In fact, a lot of times, they never even got to come near him. He was too holy. Only Moses could do that. But here is where we have something incredibly special that the Old Testament people of God didn't. Just like Moses could talk directly with God, we can talk directly with God. How is that possible? How is it possible that the Old Testament people of God couldn't do that? How come we can? Because when God sent his son Jesus, he broke this barrier that was between God and us. Before Jesus, it was God, holy, us, not holy, broken, sinful people. We couldn't come near. But when God sent his son Jesus, he broke that barrier. So now no more that it was just Moses being able to talk to God. But now you and me and everyone has this chance to talk intimately with God. The people in the Old Testament, the Israelites, they had to sacrifice animals. They had to wait for Moses to tell them what God had said. But us, we have Jesus who promised. Did you know he promised right before he went into heaven? What did Jesus say right before he went into heaven? He said, I will be with you always. That's the difference. That's the special thing. So yeah, Moses is pretty lucky, but I'd say we are too. We get to talk to this holy God, the same God that is talking to Moses in this passage is the same God that we get to talk to. And not only that, but God says that he wants to talk to you. He wants to. He wants to have a conversation. So why in the world do we not talk to him all the time? If that is true, if Jesus made this possible for us to get to talk to this God all the time, why do we struggle with that? Two things, I think. One, because we forget who he is. We forget who God is. We forget what God has done. 
And number two, and I think this is probably an excuse for a lot of us, we don't know how. I don't know how to talk to God. If this holy God is saying he wants to talk to me, it's a little intimidating. Intimidating. I don't know how. What's interesting in this passage, guys, and what was shocking to me, this is the first, this, is, this conversation with God that Moses has, this is brand new to him. This is brand new information to Moses because it is the first time that Moses gets to hear who God is. Leading up to this point, God, Moses has had these conversations with God, but up until this point, all Moses really knows about God is that he calls himself I am, and that he does all of these incredible things like split the Red Sea and cause all of these plagues. But this time, God speaks to Moses about his character. And I want you to think about that because what Moses does, what does Moses do in response to his character? In verse 8, he throws himself to the ground and he worships. Which is really interesting because here's the thing. Moses has no idea how God is going to respond in this situation. The people of God have just created this golden calf. They've been worshiping. They've been doing all of these terrible things and sinning. Moses has no idea the character of God. So I have to imagine Moses is like slowly trudging up the mountain just going, he's going to destroy us. We're done. We're done for. And I have to think he walks to this holy, righteous God, and he's like, all right, let's hear it. What are you going to do to us? And then God says, I'm compassionate and merciful. I'm slow to anger. I'm filled with love and faithfulness, and I forgive. And so, after hearing who God is, Moses says, if that's who you are, then God, come with us. I want you to be with us. If that's the kind of God you are, that you're going to forgive us for doing this horrible thing, then come with us. Find favor with us. Choose us as your special possession. And you know what God does? He does it. He does exactly what Moses asks, asks of him. He says, God, come with us. God says, okay. He says, God, forgive us. God says, okay. He says, God, choose us as your special possession. God says, Okay, here's the thing. Prayer is a really interesting thing. There's two truths about prayer that I know to be true. One, God is sovereign. He knows all things. He knew in this situation what he was going to do with the people of God. He knew he was going to forgive them. He knew Moses was going to ask for forgiveness. He knew Moses was going to worship. But at the same time, number two, I know that prayer can change things. That God was angry. God was angry in the situation, as he should be. They just made a calf after he had rescued them from all of these different things. And God was saying before this passage, Moses, I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to destroy these people. They don't follow me. They don't obey me. They always sin. But as soon as Moses asks, God, forgive us, he does. God somehow, in his all-knowingness, knew Moses would ask knew that he would forgive, but he still needed to hear it. I kind of think of it, it's kind of like those situations where maybe you guys have had this situation where a friend has really wronged you, like really done something bad to you. And you like know deep down in your heart, like I'm going to forgive him. I know I'm going to, but I just want to hear I'm sorry. Like I just want to hear it. I want to know that you're sorry. I know I'm going to forgive you. I just want to hear I'm sorry. 
And as soon as Moses asks the Lord to go with them, to forgive them, to not destroy them, he does. Here's the truth. Some of you in here, you may be like, prayer doesn't change anything. It doesn't do anything. I never feel anything. Prayer does nothing. I would think that this passage suggests that it does. That when Moses says, God, forgive us, don't destroy us, he does. Here's what I see in Scripture, and here's a truth that I hope you guys can rest in today. All prayer, I believe God answers every prayer. It's just maybe not exactly what we're wanting or thinking, because it's always going to be according to his will. But God hears every prayer. You can look throughout Scripture. Every time someone prays to the Lord, God answers that prayer is it a way where it's like, like, God, I want this to happen? Is it going to always happen that way? No. But that's just because it's not according to God's will. But I believe God answers every single prayer. But I want to get to the real heart of prayer because prayer isn't all about just asking God for things and hoping to get those things, right? And I want to address those of us in here that either don't know how to pray or don't think they're very good at it. The heart of God that you see in this passage and you can see throughout Scripture is that he wants to talk to you. All throughout. God makes these ways for people to talk to him. He made a way for Moses to come and talk to him. He made a way. He always makes a way. He makes the effort. But here's the thing. He wants you to talk to him back. He wants to talk to you. But he loves you so much, and he shows that throughout Scripture. He just wants you to talk to him. Here's the thing. Prayer is not some monologue. We are not just throwing up prayers and saying, hope God is listening. But it's a conversation. That God wants to talk to us, but he also wants us to talk to him. And here's this thing. Sometimes we think we have to have the right words to say. I have to know what to pray about. I think we complicate prayer too much. And I think that's why sometimes we don't do it. It's so complicated. It's so past what God intended prayer to be. What God intended prayer to be is a conversation. It's just a conversation with God. It's talking to him. And, and, and guys, practically, what does that look like? I think it can be as simple as just imagining God sitting in a chair right next to you and just having a conversation with him. Because he's there, he's present. Jesus says what? Before he goes into heaven, he says, I'm with you always. I think it's as simple as you're driving to school and he's sitting in your passenger seat and you're telling him, God, I'm a little worried today about what school's gonna be like. God, I'm, a, I'm, I'm stressed out about this test. I'm stressed out about talking to that guy. I'm stressed out about that friend that has really not been nice to me. It's as simple as that, I think, and, and sometimes we complicate it so much. Do you guys wanna know how to pray? And this may frustrate you, but I want to make it this simple. Just talk to God. Just talk to him. Tell him about your worries and your fears for the day to come in the morning. Tell him about how your day went and the struggles that you faced or the celebrations that you had. Tell him. God wants you to talk to him. Because if we look at this passage, God had this answer to Moses' prayer waiting. He's like, okay, Moses, just ask it. Just ask it, and I'll give it to you. And I just have to believe that God is just waiting for you guys, that he's just waiting for us, just saying, just ask me, just talk to me, because I can't wait to show you what I have. But I need you to talk to me. I just want you to talk to me. 
So let me just encourage you. Some of you in here are like, I'm not good at prayer. It's awkward. I don't know what to say. It's weird just talking to no one there. Some of you may be feeling like that. That's like why you don't pray. Let me encourage you with this. Moses is a better prayer than he was in the beginning. If you were to go back to Exodus chapter 3, remember the story of Moses and the burning bush? Remember that story? You know throughout that story of God talking to Moses, you know what Moses does the whole time? Complain, give excuses. He's not that good of a prayer in that situation. But flash forward 20 more years as he's had more and more conversations with God, how does Moses respond in prayer this time? He he bows down, he worships, and he asks for God's favor. He asks him to go with them, and he asks for forgiveness. That's a good prayer. That's a really good prayer. And I, I don't know if Moses would have known that at age 80, but at age 102, what people think, he got a lot better at prayer. So let me just tell you, if you don't think you're good at it this morning, if you're like, I'm, I'm just out of practice, I don't, I don't know what to say, here's the thing. You're not going to be great right now, and that's okay. God just wants to talk with you. As we, as we kind of like apply this and think about how does prayer work in every day, right? We talk about the everyday prayer. We talk about every day all the time in high school. What does it look like to pray every day, to pray all the time? Here's the thing. Prayer should be an everyday thing. It shouldn't be, ah, when I feel like it, or ah, when I really need God to do something in my life. Prayer should be a constant, all-the-time thing. A lot of you guys may know this in here, but I've been dating Ratasha for a while now, And one of the things that I thought about this week in terms of our relationship, what would it look like if I went to her and I'm like, listen, um, I'm only going to talk to you when I like really need to talk to you. Other than that, we're not talking. Um, I may talk to you a little bit before meals if I remember, but if I'm really hungry, probably not going to talk to you. Um, I may talk to you a little bit in the morning, maybe a little bit right before bed, but I'm probably going to fall asleep talking to you. Can you imagine? I'd be single, okay? That's what would happen. And I think that's somehow, sometimes how we treat God. I'll just, I'll talk to you when it's convenient. I'll talk to you when I remember it. That's not, it's not how it's supposed to work. We're not going to build that relationship by just talking to God every once in a while when we absolutely need to. Guys, prayer is really us coming to know the heart of God and getting to know him more. And that means an everyday, all-the-time thing, okay? So whether that's at school and it's like a breath prayer, you're walking down the hallway and it's like, God, just, just be with me right now. I just need you. Whether it's right before a test, God, help me with this test. Do you know, I, I believe God wants to help you on your test. I believe it. Maybe it's right before bed after a really tough day and it's like, God, I just need to lay out all of the stress that's been building up Maybe you're struggling with this anxiousness, anxiousness, depression, thoughts like that, and you're like, God, I need you right now to show me you're here and you care about me. Prayer should be an everyday thing, not a once in a while kind of thing. Here's the truth and why it should be an everyday thing, because Jesus made it possible for us to talk to him. And he made it possible that we can bring all of our sin, all of our shame, every bit of us to himself, and he says, I'm gonna listen to you I'm going to forgive you for those things, and I'm going to be with you. That is someone worth talking to. This God 
This incredible God that is all of these things wants to talk to you. Don't you think talking to him might bring something incredible to your life? I believe that so much that I'm going to invite Kim up here and we're going to enter into another time of prayer. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the message, we'd love it if you would join us on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. for our Eastview Students High School service. We also want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast and share it to your social media accounts. To stay up to date, check us out on Instagram at EastviewHSM and check out our Eastview Students YouTube channel. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.